Hi family, hi friends, hi food lovers. Hey neighbors, hey community, hey comics, people who like to cook, connect, and kvetch. Thanks so much for joining me for Hot Dish. Hello and welcome to Hot Dish. I'm your host, Lauren Huberman. Each week I try to cook up something hot and tasty while chatting with a special guest who dishes about their life. Today I will be making muffin tin frittatas, which are small and delectable, just like my guest, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Besser Rosenberg. Jessica is a stand-up comic, she's an improviser, she is a blogger, she blogs about The Real Housewives, which we're going to dive into today and get into some gossip. She is a mother and a wonderful, wonderful friend, and I'm so happy to have her. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, I'm so glad to have you on. Um, today, so just you know, you're the main dish here. You're the hot dish. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're the mini frittata, mm -hmm. but we also have a side dish and side dish is and um, come over here. Side dish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is Barbara. How, my, how do we know each other? I used to be your mother <laughs> and I think I still am. Although it has its moments of difficulty and challenges. That's all I'll say about it. I mean, as and joy. Relationship. <laughs> so, um, Jessica, you know, this is my mom, Barbara. She knows about you. She knows that you're Canadian. She knows that you like to blog about the Real Housewives. I've told our little side dish here to also get ready to talk about her favorite reality show, which is Queer Eye. Cool. And I will explain why I got interested in Queer Eye and what it has done for me. All right, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm from Detroit, so I've been to Canada many, many times. Just to um, Windsor or somewhere better? Oh, I've been to Stratford. Oh, for the, fe the, the Shakespeare Festival? Yes. Oh, me yes. too. Many times, many times. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Jessica is Jewish. Mm -hmm. And so this is about we're Jewish. Experience. Yeah, we're the same person. It's just <laughs> same here. Same yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> um, so Jessica, you tell us what do you what do you love about the Real Housewives? And you and I will talk more about it. But but what are you really into? Um, what makes you tick about them? Okay, so I don't love like all the really painful drama. There's been some stuff that has been like too like really serious, like suicide and foreclosures and um, the whole like premise of the Real Housewives. It sort of blew up like when the housing market crashed and you were watching people on TV lose their homes. I didn't like. I don't. I'm not there for the Schadenfreude. One, I love like the, the MTV Cribs element of it all. Like you're these very wealthy people living in these absurd, often extremely tacky houses, just like new money <laughs> with like gold lions, you know, stuff like that. But then like, I love female relationships. I like watching them raise their kids. Um, I'm there for like the happy hijinks. Okay. That's what I love. 
And also like none of them use English very well. And uh, <laughs> I like hearing how they speak. <laughs> okay. So it's a joyful experience. You don't like the drama. You don't like the sad stuff. I get it. Mom, tell Jessica about Queer Eye and what you like about it. So I started to watch Queer Eye uh, last winter at the suggestion of some friends who were looking for, a, for ways to escape the terrible news that was on all day, every day. Yeah. So the first suggestion I got was the great bake -off, British Bake Off. And I was watching <laughs> that. And those people were so civilized and kind to each other. It's hard to believe that we were existing in the same universe. Amen. But then someone said, well, how about Queer Eye? So I started to watch that. And it quickly became apparent to me that there was a lot of socially redeeming uh, lessons to be learned from that program. So I have been watching it a couple times a week. And I feel like this group of gay men perform a very important service to very ordinary people, unlike on The Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they select a subject <laughs> who is an ordinary person who's going through some life challenges and the five of them go to that person. And it could be anybody. There was a young black woman on the other night um, who was gay, who was rejected by her family. And they spent four days with her. It was so touching. They all offer something in terms of support, um, information, love, acceptance. They don't claim to be professional psychologists but they come into someone's life for four days and at the end they have given that person so many gifts of self-confidence, increased self-esteem, ability to deal with life challenges. Um, it's not a comedy and I think that most people who watch it after a while think these, these guys really understand how to connect with somebody and how to make their lives better. It's not a cure, it's a step forward. And they do that in so many small ways, um, a personal care, etc. And so that is why I love Queer Eye. Yeah, I think that's such a good point about empathy, because um, it really is like a beautiful lesson in empathy, of which The Real Housewives have, has zero. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but I mean, Barbara, if you had to choose, like Bobby's the most talented on Queer Eye, right? Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, what does, design. but like, there's two of them who I'm like, I don't even know what you do with the guy who cooks. He's like, here's how yeah. to make yeah. half mac and cheese. Like, <laughs> they all bring their own skills and they all establish a relationship with the person. Who yes. Some of them are more skillful than others. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> and it's not a comedy, but Jonathan, the hair stylist. Yes, one, he is amusing. He's wonderful and yeah. hilarious. His yeah. life story. Barbara, have you read about his life story? No, I should. He be. has overcome an insane amount of stuff. He's incredible. I think they all have, and sometimes they allude to it, what they've gone through personally, and that does allow them to be more empathetic and accepting of the person who they're working with over mm -hmm. five days. 
and that's apparent that they sort of click because they have a similar background. Mm -hmm. So that's my You story. can keep talking. I need to, I was going to start the leeks and the spinach preparation. Oh, that sounds good. And to those of you who are wondering why I look ridiculous, it's in honor of the Real Housewives with gold and leopard print and everything. So this is for you, Real Housewives, and you, Jessica. Thank yes, you. Lauren does not dress like this every day. <laughs> She's not a wife. She does have a lovely house. And so that's... And well, I do know positive. how to cook, and probably, she does know how to cook. unlike the Real Housewives. Unlike, well, I, yeah, most of them, yeah. most of them don't. They yeah. don't eat. Uh, do they? they don't eat. I don't no. Uh, oh. It depends. It depends on which Beverly Hills in New York. No. <laughs> and she does go to the grocery store herself. There you go. Yeah. So okay. So, okay, so my mom is going to go out to lunch. She's signing off. The right. side dish is leaving. Mom, what's your side dish anyway? My side dish is gelato good oh. side dish yeah. yeah i was a manager of a gelato um <laughs> store in montreal that was run by the mob um for a summer really? <laughs> yeah run by the mob. and she was yeah. jessica quickly like started running in three weeks i got promoted <laughs> paid in cash i got a promotion of one dollar yeah <laughs> yeah cash is the key to the mob yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Stuff. Oh my God. That must have been interesting. Hmm. They were making face, fake passports in the basement. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and Jessica was a teenager. Uh -huh. Not a te I was definitely at least 20. Oh, okay. I was imagining you were like 18 or 19. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frontal cortex is still not formed fully. Yeah. No. Uh -huh. Okay. okay. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Okay, side She's going to be a star, a rising I star. I'm waiting for the calls to come in. I think I'm going to have to get an agent, but <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye, Barbara. Okay, back to our show. So, Jess, also, I am making these muffin tin frittatas. Well, because I imagine if the housewives eat, they want to eat something mini something yeah. kind of neat, easy to deal with. That's what we're doing. Here. I love that. I think my kids, maybe if we take out all the vegetables, would eat them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So tell us more about the Real Housewives. I'm going to saute some things over here for three minutes. But what I want to know is like, how did you get interested? How did you start blogging in particular? Um, how and why, I guess, did you blog? You know, there's a real community online of people who are like, you know, millions of people are obsessed with the Real Housewives. Yeah. I was like, well, I've got funny takes on this. So I started like years ago writing something about the best quotes on New Jersey because New Jersey was so insane to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you don't know, there's a uh, one of the sort of main housewives and her husband went to went to jail for tax fraud and all sorts of others, you know, basically white collar crime. And, um, and there's like people connected to the mob. It was like both very, it was, it's a bizarre series that plays into like the worst stereotypes about New Jersey, but I was here for it. <laughs> um, so I started, um, I started writing about the most quotable quotes uh, every, um, 
every episode and then that sort of fell off. But then I got connected to Hose Mag, H-E-A-U-X, it's French, oh, um, Mag, online pop culture blog. Okay. Uh, and I've been blogging about different um, Real Housewives franchises on and off for a few years. Um, and I love it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I love doing my, re- you know what? It actually gives me more of a purpose. It's like an excuse to watch The Real Housewives now. Totally. Yeah. I have barely watched it. I did watch an episode of um, Real Housewives of New York um, just this morning because uh, the newest season where Bethany Frankel loses her boyfriend. It, that is not the newest. She wasn't on the newest season. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> It's all, it's all new to me. Um, loses her. Oh, when he, he, Dennis, when he died. Yeah. 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 So the real stuff is like, it's, it's two years old. It's two or three years old. Uh, Bethany's gone through a lot. Um, that was very upsetting. That was very, very upsetting. Um, yeah. (laughs) New York is the craziest. They are all drunks. They are insane. I mean, they I love them. They like sleep with young men. They just like, they just run the, t- I mean, they're, they just have no shame and they're incredible. They're incredible. Wow. They're, they're just in like Luann, De- the countess who's a cabaret yeah. singer. Um, they're, they're just nuts. Um, and I love them and they're so wealthy and out of touch. Yeah. So out of touch. Are, so are these women actually friends? That's what I was wondering. So when the housewives started, people were connected to each other. And sometimes they'd recommend someone who they knew, but maybe weren't that close to. And they still do that. They have a list of people. Bravo asked them for a list of folks they'd recommend. But now Bravo does a lot more sort of curating the cast. And you could tell. Like the best ones are the ones where they have known each other. And there's like a reason they're on the show together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think like, okay, so I was reading something that you wrote. I can't remember where it was posted, but basically you said you admire all of the women on Real Housewives for every franchise, like, it, which I assume to be like each city and each season yeah. and everything. So what do you admire about the women? Did I say admire? <laughs> Some of them I legitimately love. Like, like some okay like there's there like women who have like overcome so much like Dorinda on New York and Bethany though she's not very popular right now because she just called out Meghan Markle oh um, she did what did she say about Meghan Markle she basically said cry me a river you're like privileged okay but that was before her interview and then she had to do a whole mea culpa after the interview um so I love the ones that are, are like Candy okay. Burris who has like won Grammys like some of these women are like have overcome so much and done so much with their lives. Those are ones like, I'm like, wow, I would pay for a cameo with you. Like I'll pay you to wish me happy birthday. I'll pay whatever it is. Like, <laughs> um, I'll keep that in mind for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> when you do your money. Um, some of them I love to hate. So I'm so glad they're on the show. Like Teresa on New Jersey and Kenya on, like they're, they're villains on Real, on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay. And then some of them, like, I don't know, they're just like good moms. They're good friends. They're just, they, they're like, you know, if, if like, a, I know we're in a pandemic right now, but if like someone I didn't know so well, like invited me out on a Tuesday night, like for drinks, just to like network, I'd be like, I prefer the comfort of, 
of Dolores Catania on New Jersey to you, uh, like that company. <laughs> and I'd rather hang out with her, you know, like some of these people, they just, you know, they've been in my living room forever. So. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, okay. For just so you know what's happening and for our viewers and listeners, I just sauteed some leeks and I have burned them. So that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> it's not good. The heat was on too high. I screwed that up. Now I'm sauteing the spinach. Um, and again, these are going to go in the frittata. I have never made these. Um, so we'll see how they turn out. And just, I, I can probably drop some off to you too. So keep that in mind. I will. I love yeah. burnt leeks. Yeah. So, um, okay. So tell me though, I also want to talk to you. You're like my only guest who I can say is a, is a real knowledgeable gossiper. And it's not so much that you gossip. It's just like, you know, what's going on and you have I like do a gossip. I do gossip. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Royal family and particularly Meghan Markle and what you said, you know, um, Bethany got called out for saying like, boo, mm -hmm. poor you, Megan, you're privileged. What's your take on that? You know, it's so interesting because I was just talking to uh, my oldest friend, Jen Livingston, who's in the UK right now. And the UK hates Meghan Markle. And Jen isn't like, they, they just hate her. And I don't like fully, I mean, I think it's racism, um, but like, I don't know. I don't know. There may be other reasons. Um, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it's due to racism. Um, <laughs> um, so look, did you watch the Oprah interview? I did. Well, I have to say I watched the first half and then I had a Zoom thing with, yeah, that I had to go to. So I watched an hour. Okay. It was incredible. It was just, and like, yes, Megan seems scripted and poised and I still can't quite get to the bottom of like what they want out of this interview. Like they're not, are they going to get more gigs in the US? No. Are they actually clearing their name in the UK? People apparently, they have become more unpopular since the interview in the UK than they were before. So really? I can't, I don't know what their end game is. And I'm obsessed with that. Like, I don't know if it's, maybe their end game is to actually destroy, like finally bring down the monarchy. And as a Canadian, I don't know what that means because the queen is our head of state, even though she, it's only symbolic, but like, we'd have to move to like, there's repercussions for if the monarchy were to go away tomorrow, um, for everyone in the, for like governments in the Commonwealth, they're just, you'd have to have another symbolic head of state, which you'd be able to turn around you know, pretty quickly, like maybe, who knows? You probably have to rewrite the constitution. So I don't know what that, or the charter. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what that looks like, but um, I am wondering if their end game is to bring down the monarchy. Cause wow. like, why else would they have done this? And I loved her and I was shocked. Believe me, I was sitting there eating like my snacks, just like I couldn't get enough. I could not believe how salacious the interview was. I, someone who, I love gossip. I read all the worst gossip rags. I should not like the terrible stuff. I was shocked. You were I, completely shocked. You were shocked by the things that Megan was saying and kind yes, of even though out. I know the monarchy is racist, even though I know that they're a really messed up institution, even though because of what happened to Diana, even though they haven't, even though they've been protecting Prince Andrew, I was still shocked. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. 
amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so you believe her side or her version of the story, particularly Absolutely. some of the comments. Yeah. Yeah. I think like probably what's off putting people are off put is that like, she seems like it's too scripted and like maybe she's turning on the tears and stuff like that. I don't really care if the, I actually believe these things happen. So if she wants to like practice crying about it, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> That's like the new the media there is complete. I mean, it's completely racist. Like all of the reporting on her, and the and the royals didn't do anything to protect her. So you know they can all they can all go play in traffic for all I care. Though I do love the queen, and they do too. They really protected her. I was at a garden party for the queen when I was like seven years old. My my parents both worked in federal government, and someone was invited to the governor general's house, which is like the symbolic head of state that represents the queen in Canada. And they couldn't go. So they said to my dad, would you like to bring your daughter? So I got to put on a party dress and stand in line. She didn't shake my hand, but she went down. Like, no. yeah. Did you, what did you do? You did you curtsy? You had to curtsy? No, we didn't curtsy. I don't think. I think okay. we just stood there waving. <laughs> did you talk to her? You didn't talk to her at all? No, she doesn't talk to peasants like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well that's very civilized at a garden party though oh my that's god absolutely wow that's an incredible story thank you nothing yeah. came of it but you know <laughs> yeah. um are your frittatas okay okay so what i did is i added in the basil and the lemon i'll show you what we have so far we have kind of our base for our frittata with the spinach leeks basil lemon i did burn the leeks you can see it but I don't care, and I think it's still gonna taste good, so screw it. Okay, now the next step is that we have to put this mixture into our muffin tins, which have some olive oil in them a little bit. You can't, I mean, olive oil, it's not, can't really see it. <laughs> and then, and then we put on some Fontina cheese. Mm. I already have grated. Um, so that is our next step. And honestly, it's a little bit difficult to multitask, but I'm trying to do you it. You a great job. You know, and Jess, I just love you. You're one of my good friends. Vice versa. I, and I also love the headband on you. It is a look you should consider continuing. It is. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like a cat. Um, but I have a cat, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. And Jess, obviously, you know how we met, but I'm going to tell our huge fan base um we met at just sticking around and that was a fabulous open mic in the city in boys town um run by our friends marla and scott and krista and i saw you and i just knew that we had to be friends and lauren was the friendliest you came up to me and you just sat at my table and you were like is anyone sitting here and then i think you even got my number at the end of the night right it probably did i mean i knew i liked you and i knew you were really smart and talented and oh you know what what we met up at another mic soon after that and we both realized that we both had worked i i don't i'm not gonna say your employer on here yeah um but we both worked for in some capacity for the same employer Yes. And then we were just like bonded because it was like real life and comedy life meet. And it was just serendipitous. It was serendipitous. It was yeah. so wonderful. Um, 
Yeah, I feel for so fortunate that I have you. And then Lauren and I, one time at Just Sticking Around, got to see a girl trip <gasps> off the stage and knock out her teeth. And now we're forever bonded. <laughs> that was <laughs> the, very traumatic. <laughs> the absolute worst. And actually looking back on it, I can't believe that they kept the mic going that night. I think I went up after that. <laughs> they cleaned the blood off the stage. They couldn't <laughs> I went up. It was so, so horrifying. This, this poor girl, I mean, she did a face plant and her teeth were knocked out. Yeah, and she bombed also her set. I just, I think that's a key piece it, of information. <laughs> <laughs> she bombed. It was, uh, it was an awful, awful, awful. Yeah. Uh, it was terrible, but it shows you how much empathy people have when they're doing open mics in stand-up comedy that the show went on even after she left. So I was like, I've been waiting for an hour and a half. <laughs> that is so awful. You're like, I'm really sorry that you lost your teeth, but it's my turn. Yeah. Things to say. I didn't show up drunk and I didn't bomb. So, you know, I don't even, she was not drunk. Those stairs were dark. Remember after they put neon strips on the mm -hmm. stairs going down from the stage, I swear she just, it was, it was too dark. She could have had a lawsuit and gotten some really nice teeth. I think she did. She should, if she didn't. Yeah. Okay. So now I have to crack. We're going to use eight eggs. Oof. Um, it's a lot, so I'm going to be cracking eggs for a little while. Um, so just, I, I do want to hear more gossip, and we, we should circle back to that, because really, like, I don't have any gossip. Like, I just know about, I know that there's a penguin named Monty at the Santa Barbara Zoo, who's very popular, and he, I didn't know. They've written a book about him, and he wanders around, and he explores, and he has a um, son, named Monty Cito. Um, so that's like my kind of gossip. So uh, yeah. really, I need to take advantage of, of this. But um, I also want to hear, and maybe this is gossip, about like, there's always this divide, stand-up versus improv. And like, the stereotype is that stand-up comics don't like improvisers. I don't know if improvisers don't like stand-ups, but you're in both worlds. I was, yeah. I haven't done oh. improv in a long time. Yeah, I mean, but what, what was that like for you? Like, which of those worlds do you feel most connected to? I don't know. It's sort of both and neither, you know, starting, I think there's niches in both that I felt connected to. Um, so with, you know, with stand-up and both with improv, I was a late bloomer. I started late on both of those, right? Okay. I was, um, in my, how old was I when I started? I was in my mid or late twenties when I started improv, late twenties, okay. I think. I was in a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't looking to hook up and a lot of like improv classes or people like after improv is over, like oh, going out God. partying and hooking up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Stand-up, I started even later. And then I took time off of both to have two kids, right? And after the second, um, it became harder to do improv, which requires like being available at a certain time each week to rehearse, which is ridiculous. Improv, I know it's rehearsal, but like to practice. Um, so it sort of became impossible for me to keep on doing improv that required me to be at rehearsals. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, but it was like Monday at 6 p.m. And I have two kids that have to, like, I can't do that to my spouse every Monday. Or maybe I can, but I couldn't do that and stand up. Yeah, um, true. And um, so stand up offered me more flexibility. Um, but again, I'm not like 20 and out hustling and doing three shows a night or, or three stand mics a night or even like, oh my you God. know, a, a mic anymore like, well, before COVID. Um, like four or five times a week. I can't do that because I have kids. So there's like a niche, you know, working with you and, and Colleen and Courtney to produce backroom comedy was huge. Both the mic, um, uh, what was our mic called? Living Room Sessions. Living room and then, sessions. yeah. And then the, and then the monthly showcase was really helped, helped me sort of stay plugged into comedy, the uh, standup. And then obviously there's a lot of stuff like mom stand up, Jew stand up. There's stuff I've gotten through that. <laughs> um, I miss improv though. It was like, um, it, when it was good, it was so good. And it's so much fun to share that like with other people on stage with you. It's so much fun to like feed off of that energy. Um, and the best times I've ever had on stage comparing like crushing and stand up to crushing and improv was improv. Cause I got to share that. Wow. And like, I loved and I'm talking about really like make like it was rare. This is not like I was, I bombed a lot in improv. It's just less obvious bombing because your team's bombing um, or someone saving you. Um, mm -hmm. But the best shows I've had in improv have been just incredible. And watching both stand up and improv, like yeah. the best of the best, improv has made me laugh harder just because there's something, it's just more, more surprising and wonderful and organic. Um, that said, like standup has afforded me like a whole new community, a whole new community of like women, a whole new community of mothers, uh, and, and, and it affords me flexibility that, um, improv doesn't right now. Yeah. Cause it's just you and you can, yeah, exactly. Your own. And, um, yeah. okay. So I'm beating the eggs right now, not to take away from your feelings and thoughts. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's so interesting. I, especially the part about sharing success and being on a team, I can, I, I guess I can understand that. Um, okay, so we have the eggs beaten. I put in, whoo, I put in salt and pepper. And now I have to pour this into our muffin tin cups and sprinkle with Parmesan cheese. Then they're going in the oven and I need to get them in the oven soon so that we don't run out of time and we can do a little taste test mm. on screen that obviously you can't participate in yet, but <laughs> with the right technology someday soon. Oh my God. Totally. Um, just goodness sakes. But yeah, I mean, to your point about like collaborating, I felt like at least with backroom comedy, with our showcase that we produced, you know, oops, I just found a whole egg. I guess I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I truly actually don't really know how to cook. I just have gotten better since quarantine. You're doing a really good job. And also cooking and talking is impossible. So I don't oh know how God. these are going to turn out. Yeah, it's so hard. I realized that um, like when I say that's amazing, that that's just like, my like catchphrase for when I'm doing other things, but I want to be interested in what you're saying. So <laughs> <laughs> time. narrate us through. Uh, 
okay, so I'm pouring into these little muffin tins the egg mixture. I really don't know though. The Real Housewives, like, I used half and half, so I don't, they probably want to eat that. Some of them would. New Jersey would. New Jersey? Okay. Yeah. They keep it real? Yeah. Okay. Atlanta, they eat. They do? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. So it's just Beverly Hills in New York. I'm not sure about Potomac. I don't know if they eat on Potomac. Potomac? That's Mm -hmm. so strange. Um, Okay. Cool. I don't want to overfill these. Actually, I probably already have. That is okay. Okay. So they're in. I'm putting the Parmesan cheese on and then I'm setting the timer and then we can- How long do they need in the oven? They need 20 to 25 minutes. I have a hot oven I've discovered. So we're going to start with 20 and, um, and then we're going to see how they turn out. Okay, here we go. Setting the timer. This is the only way to do it. Here we go. Okay, in they go. This is the part where I bend down and I hope I don't have a plumber butt. I'll tell you. And expose myself. But if I do, I do. Or a muffin top. No, you're good. Okay, no muffin top, no plumber butt. Okay. Muffin top would be on brand for the show though. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. It totally would be. Um, so, so I also want to hear from you about like women in comedy. And I know it's something that you and I have talked about and we've talked about with Colleen and with Courtney. It's part of the reason that we wanted to create a women run showcase, female run showcase. And, and we also would have an open mic with, um, you know, female identifying, um, I guess it was once a month, Mm -hmm. which actually was really fun and supportive. Um, but like, do you, do you feel like things have shifted or changed since you started doing standup, like being a woman in the standup world? Have you felt any shifts or not? Not so much. Not not for me, but again, I don't think I'm like, because I started so late, I don't know that I'm super typical um uh i don't so what i've noticed is that there's more women which is great Mm -hmm. uh, that there's more opportunities for women and there's more like women focused uh creative spaces and that's really exciting to me um i can't speak to i this is going to sound so absurd because obviously like harassment or or like unhealthy power dynamics can occur to like can happen to anyone but I think because like I was married when I entered and I was then like pregnant like I don't think I was like I don't think I was um uh, I can't prove the counterfactual but I wasn't sort of like targeted in a way that many women were who were like single and younger um or hotter or whatever you know like the um by some of like like the predatory guys in the comedy scene yeah so i can't speak to like the really like like gross i mean i can speak to some of the gross dynamics but not the same i haven't lived the same gross dynamics that other people have necessarily there's some stuff we've been exposed to there's some shit that like i cannot get over like when you and i but when guys get up on stage and talk about like women being fat or their pussy smelling or something like like, I hate that shit. Or like, I'm the only woman on a show. And I'm like, oh, this gives me so much anxiety. Like, it's not like, that's not fuel for me. 
Like that's like terrifying for me when I'm the only woman on the show. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that, but like in terms of like some of the like sexual power dynamics, I have not, whether it's because I'm older and married and just like don't hang out in the scene or for whatever reason, I or other reasons and not, not a target of predators. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the um, I haven't, I can't speak to that part. What I have seen is like, as I said, lots more women, uh, you know, lots more women focused creative spaces, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to flip the eggs. <laughs> Why, what do you think about that? Um, I kind of feel the same way that you do. Obviously I'm not married. I don't have kids, so it's different there, but I'm older. And I also started stand up when I was 36. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I sort of like tried to hang out at first, but more just to meet people, not yeah. to date people. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty similar to what you said. I mean, I cannot stand um, going to an open mic and listening to joke after joke after joke about somebody's dick, somebody's balls, some girls tits, some pussy, this, that. I mean, that drives me insane. And, and it truthfully, it's not even so much that I always think it's offensive as I think it's dumb. Yeah. It's, it's dumb and it's not original. So, and sometimes it's offensive. And when it is offensive, if, if I am hosting, if it's at one of our mics, I try to call people out. I'm not always so quick on my feet. Like you are like, you would have a perfect zing to like call someone out and be like, that was stupid and here's why. But <laughs> <laughs> at the very least I'll be like, yay. <laughs> to try and show my disapproval. Um, but yeah, kind of, kind of the same as what you said. I mean, I've never experienced like sexual harassment. In, in the comedy scene. Yeah. No, I just, I haven't. So that's great. But I know obviously people who have. Um, I will say like in Chicago overall, I feel like it's a supportive community and hopefully those incidents are pretty isolated, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure some people don't say anything or speak out or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, are there certain topics or agendas that you like to kind of elevate in your standup? Um, you know, a lot of it's what I know, like a lot of it's about motherhood. Um, I don't like to elevate that. I just, that's where I'm living right now. I have two young kids, and, you know, so that's, I don't have a whole lot of, um, other content to draw from. Um, so a lot of it's about motherhood and sort of reaching, you know, your like, mid to late thirties and, um, and then there's some political, like I'll, I'll get political here and there, but no, I wouldn't like, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, also like neurotic Jewy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which is real. It's yeah. Real. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think I come with like any, like, I'm not like a shock comic. Definitely not. I'm not edgy. If you want an edgy comic, like I'm not your, I'm not an alt comic. I'm not like <laughs> getting up there, you know, trying to, uh, trying to alienate the, the crowd. Um, not like Andy Kaufman or anything. So, 
No. Yeah. But if you want a mom comic, if you want a Jewish mom comic, <laughs> contact Lauren. She'll give you my information. Oh my God. Yes, I will. Yes. And you're very, very sharp and witty. And, um, oh, you. and you know, and you, you also talk about not making friends at this age, which I yeah. think is so funny. Um, and you do, you talk about being a mom. Um, and recently you said to me that you feel very isolated in motherhood, which I know is, is kind of a dark topic here. And we're supposed to be <laughs> Apparently I'm a terrible gossiper. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You only follow the penguin. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like you, I think because you're Jewish and because you're Canadian, maybe you have some different ideas in mind that make a lot of sense about raising kids. Yeah. I don't know if it's, some of it has to do with the fact that I went to like a sleepaway summer camp when I was little where like I formed incredibly intimate female friendships, like starting, um, I started there in 1993 and, and the value of, intimate female friendships has always been like number one for me. Um, and the value I place on that and sort of the, the having intimate female friendships in my life, my intimate female friendships, like I don't, I can only tell you what they aren't. Like I have not, I've made friends with parents of my kids, uh, friends of my kids, friends. Does that just make, I've, but like it's, sort of in service to our children, play dates, things like that. Like I have not made like a real, like someone ride or die that I would consider like, I'm in a crisis. I need to call someone. It would not be like a, a, par a, a parent of a kid, my kid's friends with right now. I'm not saying that would never happen, but, but like there are people I have known in my life who I've known since I was 10 or younger. Um, and I don't think that that just doesn't like get replaced when you get married or you get in a serious, like it, uh, uh, a romantic relationship with someone. This idea that I can have like these incredibly intense female friendships and then I'm supposed to get married, have kids and do all like the child rearing, like in this sort of nuclear family is very alienating because everything like the people that know me the best in my life, the people who I've always turned to for help, the people who like we go to each other in the best of times and the worst of times are not my kids or my husband. These are people I have known for decades. And, um, you know, some people sort of look at the nuclear family and say like, yes, like we're getting more alienated from like other family members. You look, I moved from from Canada to Chicago for grad school, I met my husband, my parents are in Ottawa, but I'm not talking about like just, yes, I wanna be closer to my parents, I miss them, they're getting older, I want them to spend more time with their grandkids. But the fact that we're like, the model is either like you live close to family and get help, or you live like in a unit to raise children, like totally doesn't consider this other model where like, it's more like, I've explained it like a kibbutz. This is not condoning Israel, but this is like a sort of like a communal environment where you can raise your children with your like your chosen people, your village. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't see any models for that. I don't see a model where like best friends are like all living in close proximity, like 
helping each other, supporting each other. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's possible under capitalism, but that is the model I'm missing. And like, my heart hurts that I don't have that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think especially, I mean, in Chicago, I would imagine that's even harder to find something like that. I mean, it would seem like coincidence if you ended up on a block with a lot of young kids and, and then you started to form those bonds right. and connections. I mean, you also live in a very hip, urban, young area. So, so I would think that would be even harder. And Yeah, I mean, maybe we just made the wrong, the wrong choice there, but I also think there's something to be said for, um, like, why don't we have a model where the people that are like most important to you in your life are like part of your life after you get married? I mean, they are part of my life. They're still, you know, and women in my life are still like, you know, my, my oldest friends are still incredibly important. My, like the friends I have with you and Colleen and court, like my comedy friends are incredibly important to me, but like, why don't we have a model where there's the expectation that we're all a part of each other's adult lives in a more involved way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you want your parents to move in with you at any point? Depends how big my house is. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a loaded question. <laughs> I need a big house. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You'd need like a little apartment, like a garage. Yes. Apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gar I want to put them uh, in the garage. <laughs> You're like, the lawnmower is downstairs and your yeah. bedroom is upstairs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, no, but if we had like a coach house, I don't know where I'm getting this money. This is all fantasy, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you could become a, a real housewife and then marry someone super rich. I mean, you're already married. So just practice polygamy, get a rich husband. And then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the real housewives don't make a whole lot their first few seasons. They don't? No. Why is they, that? Like they get like, I want to say like the new girl in New York only got paid a few thousand an episode what? last year. Yeah. And does she have, do they all have money? No. Is that, okay, because that's what I was wondering. No, and that's how some of them get screwed over because they try to keep up with the Joneses, as in the other housewives. And they're trying to pay for fancy clothes. They're doing all rent the runway and stuff. I mean, it is like, it is a really vicious cycle for those that aren't super wealthy. Yeah. Well, the, the episode I saw today, which I thought was the newest, and it's really not. No, you're very um, out of touch. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, one of the women, her boyfriend or husband, boyfriend, I think, shipped a Bentley to her. She's wealthy. Her, she has a trust fund. Her parents are very wealthy. Okay. Yeah. Some of them seem very wealthy. And Bethany yeah. must be worth like millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions. She's self-made and she sold, I think Seagram's bought her alcohol company. She's still a creative director, but skinny girl margarita or skinny girl brand. Yeah. 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 And um, everything Bethany does is skinny girl. She like wears skinny girl. Her like snowboard has skinny girl on it. Like everything is branded. Yeah. Skinny girl. Wow. What mm -hmm. else? Like this is so fascinating. I literally know nothing. This it's so interesting. Um, and then there are some women who just, they're not wealthy and they're trying to make it and try and get like famous notoriety. And well, I mean, Bethany started the show and wasn't wealthy. She okay. made a name for her. She was actually on The Apprentice, Martha Stewart's The Apprentice. Remember that one? It was like the, the home edition where you, uh, oh, no. 
know. I she, Jess, I don't know anything. Oh God, Lauren. I know. I, I mean, mean you really there. need to <laughs> study your reality history. Um, so she was on Martha Stewart's The Apprentice and came in second. She was runner up. And then she went to real. So she's clearly one of these people that like was trying to make something happen. She was bouncing around and she used Real Housewives to propel herself to fame and then to promote. A lot of people go on to promote their brands. Okay. So the woman that went on this year, Leah, which is hilarious because I couldn't remember the name Leah. Um, um, Leah, who went on this year, was promoting her clothing line made by the mob or married to the mob, married to the mob. Um, and she's um, like doing a lot more business ever since being on the show. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you could be on a show like that, would you? Would you want to be? No, it would rip my marriage would fall. But like it, everyone gets destroyed from being on that show. Really? Yeah. I would be a friend of, I would love to be featured on occasionally. Um, but no, they are like, no, no one's marriage. Well, everyone goes through a lot of crap. It is not good for you. It's not good for your kids. I just don't think like, I would be fined all the time. I would always be like, you, you're not supposed to break the fourth wall. And I'd always be turning to the camera to be like, like, <laughs> um, and I'd, try, I'd be so conscious of what the audience thought of me that I would just be trying to be um, like the cool one that everyone loves. You know, I want the audience to like me a lot and that, that doesn't go well. I'd be, I wouldn't be uninhibited enough. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jess, I love, I have to get my oven mitts out. I'm so excited. Um, oh, wow. Well, we still have three minutes. Um, I, what was I going to say? Oh, how, when you told me that you had gotten contacted by the producers of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, not the producers, not okay. the producers, a random casting agent, a random casting agent. Okay. And they, but they were interested in you. They were interested in anyone who looked Jewy. Well, they weren't interested in me. You didn't have your picture up on the IO website. Oh, gotcha. You would have been fabulous. Not like her. I would have been a great um, like bartender on the show or something. No. <laughs> you would have been amazing. And, and yeah, I think that would have been such a good fit for no, you. No, I think I forgot how to act. Actually, like, because doing that, um, taping that uh, uh, pilot read uh, for them, I was like, I don't remember how to act. It had been like years since I acted and I was like I need acting lessons again anyway she's incredible on that show she is, she's incredible yeah. well maybe you wouldn't have been as incredible but I still right. think you would have done a good job mm, it would have been a pilot and not picked up oh well okay <laughs> good thing good thing it was her uh, uh, yeah I agree oh my god I'm the worst actor I I took an acting class I took a couple acting classes and the teacher we do like scene where we were, we could pick like something real life. Like we were coming home from a party or we were some, whatever, uh, whatever it was. And I was coming home and trying to find my keys outside, but I was doing everything in like slow motion. So I was like, <laughs> and <laughs> the teacher at the end was basically like, no one's going to watch that. Like, <laughs> It was, you know what? I think you found your niche in like very realistic, down to earth, stand up, 
that like you're very personable and and goofy and absolutely like lovable so fuck uh, that teacher yeah yeah that was terrible I, I did try improv which i know you are very skilled in um and that was brutal and you know everything is like initiate go big like people are so on and so I didn't participate like at all in the first class. And then the second one, I, I had to participate and I had to initiate a scene. And I just like walked over to my scene partner and I just like looked in his ear and um, I was, it was awful. He didn't even know what to do. Like That's I- That's on him. He should have yes ended that. What, like, what would he have done? Like, am I dying doctor? I don't know. What's a, what's oh, a or yeah. like, this is a fun sex game. I don't know. Oh yeah, he, well then it's his fault. Yes. So that was a missed opportunity. Fuck that guy. Yeah, and I'm the, I, I went home during the break. <gasps> alienated and humiliated. And why I left. Why and were you humiliated? I never came back, cause he I'm like sorry. didn't do anything. And I didn't even know what I was doing and I just turned beet red. And then at the break, I ran down the alley and went home. Where were you taking lessons? Um, the annoyance. Okay. I emailed the teacher and I'm like, you were great. I was not good luck in your life. And that's it. So, what did the teacher say to you? Um, I don't think he responded. Mm. <laughs> yeah. These, these people have some work to do on themselves. Okay. So here we go. We're taking out the frittatas and we're going to see Number one, if they're cooked and, ooh, wow. I always surprise myself. What a delight Those look I am. beautiful. They're so pretty. They're, so they're supposed to be golden brown and puffed up. They are? Yeah, they are. It's incredible, this thing called cooking, what it can produce. Um, oh my God. Oh, I almost pulled my mic off my clothes. Okay, so Jess, I'm gonna take a picture of these and I promise I'm gonna drop some off at your house um, and then you'll have them. Those look beautiful. You don't need to drop any at my house because we're at my in-laws right now. So we're so far away from you. Like how far? We're in Little Italy. Okay, I thought you were gonna say like another city. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's not that far. I hate mm. to tell you. Um, okay, do you have any other gossip? Am I missing like the royal? Oh, gosh, I don't know. We talked about the royals. We talked about Real Housewives. Yeah. Um, we've talked about our. Oh, are you getting vaccinated anytime soon? I did. I feel like that's gossip. To be honest, I got vaccinated and I finished the second one um, a couple weeks ago. But I signed up when the category just said educators, yeah, teachers, principals, administrators. And yep, then that's like, you. two weeks later, like the whole CPS thing blew up and then they changed it. And it said educators, K-12, administrators, principals, teachers. So I felt like an asshole, but I'd already gotten my first shot. So... Yeah. That's no, you it. didn't. No, you were following the rules. You were not skipping the line. I mean, well, I've been told that I was, but uh, what can I do? So who told you you were? No, not at the time you weren't skipping the line. At the time I was not, and I would not have signed up if I had thought so. No, uh, I know you're a good but, citizen. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so whatever. I mean, and have I, most of the students you know gotten it? You know, I don't know. I would be very surprised. Like, we're still remote right now. I thought that we were going to start returning in larger numbers this summer. Like, summer for us yeah. is May. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, now that was something that was very juicy to divulge vaccinations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to think if it's too early to eat this because I don't want to burn myself, but it looks so good. Tiny and delectable. I'm blowing on it for you. And I think it's going to be really good. Mmm, and really good. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna drop some off for you in in that other place called Little Italy, <laughs> <laughs> that other city state. Um, Jessica, I love you. I love you so too. Much. This has been a joy. I miss you terribly. Oh my god, I miss you. I hope it has been a joy. I hope you and I hope you enjoyed it. I, I absolutely. Yeah, Good I mean question. you're the best, and thank you for your time. I want to say thank you to Lincoln Lodge and Christine Ferreira, who is wonderful. Um, and we're going to be signing off, but I just want to say this was hot dish. This was the hot item that I made and my lovely guest, Jessica, who really dished it out for us. Um, and that's it. Stay tuned for another episode soon. I love you.